I don't know what the next step is with something like this, but if I lower my gun, we didn't hurt you, so you don't hurt us, right? That's right. That's a weird fucking tone, man. That's just the way he sounds. He has an asshole voice. Joe, tell him he's okay. Everything is great. Dude. We interrupt this program to bring you... everybody my name is kevin my name is adam and i'm julie and we are the real movie guys and welcome back to another episode of the real review the series where we review and discuss all your favorite movies and tv shows and again we're back taking a look at the last of us this time episode five endure and survive while attempting to evade the rebels joel and ellie cross paths with the most wanted man in kansas city kathleen continues her hunt all right guys i know we speculated last episode that we were a little worried, right? We were a little concerned about maybe the trajectory of the series, where it was going. I have to say, rest assured, this was probably one of, if not the best episode of The Last of Us to date so far. Uh, this episode blew away my expectations. It captured the action, the drama, everything I've been looking for for The Last of Us to encompass with all that emotion came to fruition this episode. Uh, Endure and Survive was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Adam, what did you think of your overall first impressions of this episode? <laughs> While I did not know exactly how this episode was going to play out, uh, it definitely was a very enjoyable watch. Yeah, I have to say, especially from like a video game standpoint for the fans of that and for fans who have no idea what's going to happen, I think everybody was surprised and in good ways, I think, in this episode. I think it really captured what everyone, for the most part, would be looking for in this series. I'd have to agree. Uh, Julie, how about you? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, this episode had everything you could really want. It had um, it had action, it had character development, it had hit all the emotional beats that you wanted, whether it was happiness, um, fear, and devastation. It had it all. Yeah, I thought it did a phenomenal job. And a lot of that has to do with just the great character work we really got in this episode. And not just uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey as Ellie, which are, of course, phenomenal and in, in greater strengths than normal in, in an episode. But also uh, Henry and Sam, the newcomers to this show, uh, absolutely blew me away, I think, with their performances. Uh, in the game, I thought they were decent characters and there's a good emotional journey, which is very similar to the show. Uh, but the show actually did something different this time. Uh, Sam, who actually had a normal voice and was pretty much essentially a normal child, uh, this time they decided to take a different route with Sam. Uh, they actually made his character deaf, uh, Henry's younger brother. I I thought that was, you know, someone might say that arguably might be like playing like a sympathetic card, trying to get like a little extra nudge of emotion out of you. Uh, I don't think so. And even Neil Druckmann admitted when they were talking about him at the end of, the, of this episode, uh, he wished he came up with that idea because, if anything, it created just that much more tension and just that more of an endearing character. I think it was a phenomenal change. And again, Henry and Sam together as a cohesive unit were just something really special. I feel like this show uh, hadn't been able to introduce yet. Uh, Adam, what did you think of that change? Was that something that you were excited about when you saw it happen or questioning like what were your feelings on that uh, i was very intrigued when i saw it it was i had no idea how this was episode was going to play out but it was a very interesting uh change and obviously as we saw it really was a 
potentially change for the better. Yeah, and I think Lamar Johnson playing like the elder brother, he really brought up a lot of emotion being someone who betrayed his group in order to save his brother. It played a lot of really great parallels with the whole Joel and Ellie relationship, which again in the game it does a similar thing. But if anything, I think it's a lot more stronger in this show, that portrayal. I really felt like that relationship, they mirrored each other very well. It wasn't specifically on the nose to the point where you're rolling your eyes, but you could see just like the, the correlation between the two I thought was great. Uh, Julie, how about you? Um, I thought Sam, uh, played by Kayvon Woodward, who actually is deaf, uh, did a phenomenal job. And I, I think it added, especially using sign language, ASL in this, I thought that was a really good choice too, because again, someone who can't hear in this type of environment already creates a whole bunch of complications, I think. Right. I mean, we've seen it in the Quiet Place films, you know, there's challenges to being deaf in just your regular society, let alone, you know, post-infection world. Um, and even just, you know, seeing this world through, you know, Ellie's a child, but Sam's definitely several years younger than her. So the fear that comes along with, you know, living in this world, whether you're deaf or not, and, you know, seeing it through a child's eyes and, Henry's relationship with him and what he'll do to protect him. Um, there's a scene in one of the flashbacks where Sam creates like these superhero characters, versions of himself, and Henry paints the little orange mask on his face, um, which was just a really sweet touch. Yeah, and again, I think what they're doing, and Neil Druckmann's also stated this as well, is that they're really focusing on, for this adaptation, the aspect of love and what things that love will make you do and the different forms of love and that type of relationship. And this show has really excelled at giving us that those examples. If, if anything, the game The Last of Us didn't really focus on that. I think it focused on some other maybe even darker elements, I would dare say, and especially in the video game version. But this one, it's more hopeful right and even in the hope there still is some darkness to it and i really appreciate those angles that they're trying to pursue uh another foil that again unfortunately this is going to be the weaker part of the show for me uh Kathleen and Perry, which we did criticize in the last episode because we weren't too sure where they were going because very much so again like we speculated this episode felt like part two of the first the last episode, which was definitely the weaker by far. And again, I'm, I hate to say it, but the Kathleen paid by uh, Melanie Linsky and then Perry played by Jeffrey Pierce, who is Tommy for those fans in the video game version of this. Uh, again, we're the weakest parts of this. Uh, Kathleen's character, they were trying to also, you know, pull out another foil type character for uh, Joel and Ellie to kind of mirror with her relationship with her brother who was, who was murdered. Uh, it didn't work for me. And I don't know if it's Melanie's performance as Kathleen, which it might be part of the issue. I like to think though, it's a little bit more of the direction with her. Adam, I, you know, as an addition to this story, I, again, you have to agree. She's the weakest part for sure. And it's a shame, I think. Yeah, it is a shame because I can see what they're trying to do, but I just feel like her character doesn't fit that role. Unfortunately. I mean, like I said, it, I can see where they're going, but it just, for some reason, it just doesn't fit well. It, it really is the uh, the slow part, if you will, of the show or the episode. Yeah, and it's also like the least creative character you could have put in that spot, right. too, where she's just like, oh, I'm I'm very nice, but I'm mean at the same time. Yeah. I'm a, a re it's, it's very cliche, very... Mm -hmm. We've seen it a, a thousand times before, especially in zombie-type franchises, especially we've definitely seen it. And Perry, and you have Jeffrey Pierce, who is a by all means, I don't really know him from many things besides The Last of Us, the vocal performance. But in the show, it seems like he's doing his best. But 
other than being just like a yes man, there's, there's not really much point to his character kind of being there. You know, he looks cool. He looks like a survivor, but what is he adding to the show? And maybe that's like the weakest part, Julie, I think you'd have to say too, that this really doesn't have a payoff. And we kind of speculated that because like Adams has said too, you know, we kind of know where the story's going for those who have played the video games. So to know those characters probably don't have much time and in fact didn't have much time on this earth for this, for this show, uh, it felt like a waste of time. And I think all that dedicated backstory that they were trying to fold in, even though maybe it only amounted to maybe 40 minutes of time. There's only like a few monologues and stuff like that. If you really want to put it all together, that 40 minutes could have definitely been spent better elsewhere, I think, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, I think it was in last week's episode, um, Neil Druck Druckmann said, you know, he really wanted to make it a point to put a face to this evil um, where we didn't have that in the game. And honestly, whether it was just a generic resistance group or, you know, knowing specifically that it was Kathleen and Perry, it wouldn't have changed the story much for me either. Um, I mean, there was little, you know, nuggets of interest in there. Like I like the idea that, you know, this resistance group took down Fedra and it was replacing one evil with another evil. Cause I think it was the opening where it shows when the resistance took over and they're dragging bodies. So it was extremely violent. And right. And that was broken. a nice flashback too. I want to, you know, piggyback off. That was a really yeah. cool idea to see something. And that's what we kind of talked about. We like some right. of that world building that they throw in there. And it was scary. Um, but then when you see the character of Kathleen, it doesn't really match. Um, again, I don't know if it's direction or her portrayal of it, um, but she really just lets off like mean teacher. <laughs> you know, like she'll be sweet and then she can turn it really quick when she gets frustrated. Um, and then even Perry makes a comment because, again, she kind of took over for her brother who was sold out by Henry. We learn later her brother was the leader and Perry ends up, you know, complimenting Kathleen, you know, like he couldn't get the job done because he did see the hope in people, but you were able to get the job done. She's not someone I could see rallying people and convincing people that, you know, hang bedroom members she doesn't give that vibe to me you know no, and so. they try to give her an edge when she goes to her former childhood bedroom and she tries to give this little monologue about oh you ever visited your old room and you you know you felt a certain way like come on like we, we don't need no. that's a waste of time we don't need to see this right. uh, the last of us i think works adam i think you'll agree with me too is it's every, the last of us and it's joel and ellie versus everything everything's a danger everything's a threat the world itself is what, what what the issue really is when they're trying to get across to get ellie to where she needs to be i don't really need a face to that evil because in the world of the last of us everything is dangerous and not everyone needs to be sympathized with or have a backstory again trying to add a little bit of context to things is fine but not everything needs that especially sometimes it's okay just to to not know what you're up against. You, you don't need to know those. The unknown is a little more scary than maybe trying to understand it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like I I already know that, you know, the the world is full of all these dangers and they can come at any moment. I don't necessarily need to put a face or a name to any of them specifically. Right. And Henry and Sam, we, we just need to know that they're on the run and that right. what Henry did. We don't need to know who how it affected everyone specifically and why mm -hmm. they're after him. It was just it felt like a wasted amount of time. And if anything, they could have taken that time and they could have put it into Henry and Sam, maybe with more backstory or more to how do they got to where they be by, again, maybe just showing us instead of telling us. 
we always say that's the strongest form of content. Just show us what happened. Give me, give us some more flashbacks or something like that. Right, Julie? I mean, yeah. I mean, I do like that we did get the flashbacks with Sam and Henry because that's, we didn't really have any background context to the two of them in the game. So seeing the two of them having to, you know, be on the run, hide out, and that really helped develop their relationship. And we didn't need any of the other information other than, you know, oh, he sold out the member of the resistance ephedra. That's literally all they could have said. And we would have had the same story. Right. And then in this episode, we get the unlikely alliance between Joel, Henry, Ellie, and Sam, you know, they, they join forces because they have to escape this city, which uh, something I do want to point out, Joel is a little bit more, he's showing a little more uh, laughter, you know, a little more comedy in this episode. Definitely some of that sarcastic side of Joel's coming out, uh, which I like because we're seeing a progression of his character. Like, it's interesting because I always felt like this interpretation of Joel was a little more darker and more grumpier, a little edgier than the game version. But we are starting to see his character open up ever so slightly each episode, whether it was like the joke book where he's like laughing and, you know, kind of having a good time. Even now, even with like Henry, when Henry's got like a, a gun pointed at him, he's like kind of like being like a little sarcastic. And Ellie's like, oh, you know, Joel, don't answer his questions like that. He's, he's always grumpy. He, what is she something like that? She said, like, he's always an asshole or something. Yeah. Like, like, and like, then he continues to just answer. He just continues that. to do it that way. Like he doesn't have to do it that way, but he's just kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's, he's showing more of his softer side. And I, I do appreciate that because Pedro Pascal definitely has that in him. I think he has the ability to play both. Uh, he's been serious in like shows like Narcos, and he's also been funny in things like Unbelievable Weight of Massive Talent. Like the man's got got a pretty dynamic range of his character, so good to see. Uh, but what that transition leads to is the underground segment. Now, for people of the video game fans here, uh, this is something we we've known about. It was a very long segment, very convoluted, and you know, intertwining. Uh, dealing with different things. Now, Adam, would you say maybe there was a missed opportunity here for some of that background storytelling? Because uh, we do, for fans of the video game, and they hinted at it in the show, but don't really say more than that, as this Ish is mentioned, who's a character that lived underground, and they had like an underground society going on there, and you deal with that. I think that was a missed opportunity right there for something. Yeah, because, I mean, at least we we do get the tease of, like, you know, ish being down there it's just kind of a nod to the video game but i feel like um there's just so much more of a story that they could have gone through because when they go underground they're underground there's obviously no infected there but then they come back up make maybe five minutes later and they're like all right that was a you know a nice obstacle yeah and that's a strange choice too i always felt like because in the in the last episode they hinted at like they're being uh infected underground right there was obviously there and then there's suddenly none and then at the end, they're, they're underground again. So you're just telling me this segment, there was no infected. Like, there couldn't have been a little more struggle, maybe underground. Like, I felt like that was a little, a little bit yeah. of a missed opportunity. Um, especially considering when they do come across, you know, this little area, you know, and you can tell clearly, you know, I don't know if it was, like, you know, family or families. And they have the house rules and you can see children live there and it's deserted and the, the kids are wondering why. And Joel said, clearly someone didn't follow the rules. Um, so to see some kind of repercussion for that, whether it's just a handful of infected that they have to kind of take down to, re you know, realize that they were a thriving community with family and children and, you know, it comes for you in the end anyways. Right. How effective Adam would that have been if they had taken this segment, maybe like a little bit of a backstory and put it in the last episode and in this episode and remove the Kathleen and Perry storyline completely. Uh, again, they're trying to show different forms of love, but isn't that also another form of love trying to protect a group 
underground and raise like these children because obviously there was a school and stuff down there that would have been more effective than telling another like brother relation sister relationship story i think yeah i i agree i think that would have resonated way more than you know the the kathleen story because it just I, I think you know obviously kids right. are more of a uh, hit more of an emotional beat than everything else yeah well, right and I mean, how and how would you say we experience that in the game because the ish storyline isn't very explained upon in the game Besides will, notes and things you read. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen, you know, at least some sort of a flashback or, you know, a little bit more fleshed out of, you know, what actually happened to them. I think that would have been very interesting. Right, because instead of inventing characters, you already had some pre-established right. characters that worked for this situation. Yeah, right. even going on, like, the theme of love, because, you know, as you learn through reading the letters, Ish was on his own. I guess he was on a supply run and then he runs into a family and you in his letters, the back and forth, do I go back? Do I invite them back to my safe zone? So like to see maybe, you know, someone who's on their own opening up to others and then that love growing, it would have just been a nice added piece of storytelling that aligned nicely with the theme. Because even the conflict Joel has too with, all right, after we accomplish this mission, my plan's just to keep going, me and Ellie, you know, and maybe that toying with that idea of, do we bring more into our little tribe? And, Right. And again, they really do a great job like building this underground, too, because Joel and Henry have a really great conversation underground where they kind of blur the line of what a good guy really means, especially in in this type of situation when it comes to love, because Henry, we find out, saved his brother. He gave up uh, the, the other faction because he wanted to get medication for his brother. And that was the only way that he'd be able to do it was by giving up the group names. And that's how Kathleen's brother was killed. Kind of saying like to Joel, and he essentially, he does say, actually, he says, I'm not the good guy. I know I'm not the good guy. Like, you don't have to say like, I understand or anything like that. I know what I did wasn't right. I sacrificed that, you know, hundreds for my one brother, who's the most important. And you have to wonder if somehow that's going to come into play with Joel, because I like that because he's, you know, it's something it's mirroring Joel's journey, which I think is very, very interesting. And I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to affect him, because Joel not just understands that as a father from his previous child, obviously, Sarah, but through now starting through Ellie, he's getting this closer relationship and starting to form a bond that I guess he thought he never would have again, you know, which essentially is what it is. Uh, But getting off that part, we go into arguably, and I think it is the best action sequence to date in the entire show from beginning to end. It was phenomenal, this action sequence we go into. Uh, I think fans of the game will be very happy. Uh, We got a sniper shootout scene. I never thought I would see, especially on the screen. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Very, like, tightly shot. Very, like, claustrophobic feeling. Intense, because you don't know where the cover fire is coming from. You just hear uh, someone sniping at the group. And we have a phenomenal scene where Joel, like, runs up. He, like, breaks into the the sniper, uh, like the room up top. And you see it's an old man shooting at them with a sniper rifle. And he just, you see like a, a turning for Joel, right? Adam, would, would you say this was like a pretty good opportunity for him to show another side almost like, cause I feel like the original Joel before this wouldn't have done that given this man an option. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, if this was the video game, Joel, that guy would already be dead. Right. And, no he's, question about it. and he says to him, like, I don't want to kill you. He just says, give me your rifle. I right. don't want to kill you. I'm going to let you go. Yeah, it doesn't have to end this way. Yeah. And it's a pause, right? It's like, it's, it's, it feels like it's forever, but it's, it's really not that long. It's probably what, like less than a minute. But that yeah. pause is like very, very intense filled. Like, what's this man going to decide? Mm-hmm. 
Right. It was interesting because almost when he opened the door and he realized that it was an older man, like I feel like he was ready to go in and take him out. And then once he saw who it was, he was like, oh, crap. That's something, too. Yeah. You have to wonder if that'll affect Joel down the line, too. The not so quick to act like that seems to be because they always say, like, sometimes when you're soft, you, you make more mistakes. Hopefully that's not something that will affect Joel in the future, coming to make mistakes like that, because uh, it's interesting. It's just interesting to see how a character transforms like that. But I think fans and Adam, I don't know if you noticed this, the the part where the first sniper shot goes off, uh, they actually intertwined the whole like heavy uh, like breathing effect that was in the video game when you would like listen to things. Uh, you hear that like that. Like, right. I, I like how they actually put that like warning noise into the soundtrack. I thought that was very cool. <laughs> Oh, I I didn't know that they did. I'll have to uh, I'll have to go back and watch that. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. I thought it was a fun little addition. And again, I probably wouldn't have noticed that if I hadn't played the game relatively recently again. So it was just very cool. You know, it's something fun to see. Uh, but once that happens, uh, you know, the whole uh, rebellion comes and they find Henry and they have their cliche little standoff with Kathleen in the middle of the road saying, give it up. Come out. I'm going to kill you. And she's like, oh, let the kids go. No, they're going to die, too. Like, again, it's just so cliche. It really just bothers me. Her voice is kind of annoying, too. I, maybe that was part of it, just to kind of like, I don't know, bad bad guys doing and bad school things. school teacher. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's a school teacher, definitely. Uh, but a very cool scene. Joel is, like, providing cover fire with the sniper rifle, which is awesome. Uh, he's, like, you know, taking out the truck because there's a truck that's coming down, which that was impressive, too, for this show. And I, I'm pretty sure it was practical, I want to say. It looked practical, uh, you know, depending on what their budget was like. But I, I thought it looked really cool. It crashes into a house, and there's a giant explosion. Everything's on fire, and you have this great silhouette in the background. Then the ground opens up, and oh, my God, not since maybe World War Z, and that's not even that great of a movie or a comparison probably that someone should make, but where they have like the swarms of zombies coming out at you and like chasing after you. Not since that movie have I seen anything like this. And if anything, this felt even more intense because it was such a tight area. Adam, what did you think? I'm sure you probably weren't even watching. It probably like freaked you out so much. Uh, they're just swarming out of that hole. You see clickers and infected and everything that we've seen to date come out of that hole at these people. I mean, if anything, I was just in more of like in awe of how grand of a scale it was that, you know, not to mention the fact that, you know, in the behind the scenes, we saw like a lot of it was just like motion capture of all the, uh, the infected coming out it was crazy. Right. The practicality of that, having like so many actors on screen and makeup and, you know, and having like body physical trainers so they knew how to move mm -hmm. correctly, really only like flushing out maybe the sides with a little bit of CGI, just, you know, because you need a little bit of cover just to to have that many people on screen probably isn't that effective. So it makes more sense, but wow, they just, they really nailed it. Like the, the, the choreography for everything that was happening. It felt so intense that the chaos, the, the noise, the lighting with the fire in the background, like you want to talk about post-apocalyptic right there. That, that felt like it. This felt like for the first time, everyone's panicking, everyone's freaking out. Then it shows up. The moment, like, Oh my God, the bloater from everyone knows from the video game and infected that's been infected for probably the what 25 years or whatever it's been comes out of that sinkhole and starts smacking everybody around adam were you disappointed <laughs> uh no not really i mean i, I expected more of a uh i guess because in my in my head i'm associating you know obviously a bloater is i'm going to be fighting this bloater yeah so i, I was expecting more of a fight 
I guess not as not so much as a uh, just let's run away and get out of here. Yeah, I mean the only thing, and I, I know it's probably a weird comparison, but for some reason the bloater kind of reminds me of like the Resident Evil giant zombies when they come out. Like right, it's like yeah. it's there to like I, I feel like it's just there to be cool and just like yeah. attack people and hit everything. And I know you know it's supposed to be blind and you know it's whatever, but. It's still to me. I just feel it's just like it's just smashing people around. Like I picked up a guy, like a wrestler, and was like throwing him in the air. He ripped someone's head off. Yeah, well, that, that's when we oh, get to that scene. And he yeah. needed to throw some spore bombs. Yeah, yeah, throw some. Yeah, that's all we needed. Throw some spore bombs. Uh, it was a little fan servicey, but because it, it was especially because there was only one. Maybe that's why it felt like that. But it was, it was still cool at the same time. I'm not gonna lie. It was a very cool thing to see it emerge out of the ground, and uh, that's when uh, Perry confronts the bloater. Uh, ironically, and he gets his head ripped off. So that was pretty cool. So good for him. Good for uh, the voice of Tommy there to meet his end. Uh, was yeah. I upset? Not really, but it was just cool. It was a cool visual. I'm not going to lie. Something I wanted to see. Worse than that, though, uh, Ellie, we get to see some fire out of her in this. Uh, she kind of takes charge of the situation, trying to escape. And again, I can't stress to you enough, as far as an action scene, how cool that is, where she's trying to run away and Joel's desperately covering her with the sniper rifle. Just like in the video game, like when I felt that sense of something was chasing after them, you have to cover them with the fire and shoot them. Uh, that's a hard scene to convey in cinema. It's easier in a video game because you're in control of the situation and you're firing each bullet. I'm not going to lie, though. I, I kind of felt like this. And this, this, I felt like Joel, like, pull the trigger, pull the trigger, reload, reload, because you have to reload every single shot. So it's not an easy gun to pull off either. Uh, again, just very impressive from head to toe. And uh, Ellie deals with a child clicker. I uh, wish I didn't see that, because that's going to haunt my, my dreams and nightmares for much to come. Uh, Adam, I know you love that one, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that one was pretty terrifying. Um, <laughs> I think it was just the way the... Uh the acrobatic moves that it was able to do is kind of a little freaky. Right. And the way they shot it, right, Julie, I mean, the cinematography where you oh just my. see like, you kind of see it like blurry oh in the God. background and she like slinks out of the seat and kind of slides the up. Back bend over the seat. Uh, like some fancy ballerina moves back there. Like I guess yeah. that's what it was, you know, I saw she was played by like a nine year old contortionist. Oh, that's no. Um, but you, so she was actually doing those moves and stuff like that. It was absolutely horrifying. Who thought contortionists would find such like a, a good like field of work in like horror genre, right? I guess that's like so. If you're like a contortionist, you probably should find a field in the cinema. You know, that's like peak scare things for me is people who can scuttle and do the weird body articulation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was horrifying. Uh, then ultimately, uh. uh Ellie finds Henry and Sam underneath a car and she's able to just go at them with a knife, which is awesome too. She's attacks like the, the infected with a knife and then Joel's firing shots at the other ones. They get away. Then Kathleen shows up and she, you know, of course, cause she made a comment about, Oh, children should die. Sometimes you shouldn't be saving them. You know, maybe they deserve to die. Gets killed by the child clicker and uh, no one cared. And they, they, everyone got away. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, I had no emotional, like if that was, what they were ultimately building up to. And that's why I kind of want to preface, like I said earlier, there was no payoff to that story. Like I was, it was, I guess maybe I was kind of happy she died. Was that, is that what they were trying to go for? Like the bad guy. It didn't feel like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, when something is like, I don't know. I just, it didn't feel like earned in any aspect. You know what I mean? She didn't get I like, guess cause you knew it was going to happen. Right. So like there wasn't, yeah, it was just too cliche for me. And, you know, it's whatever. And 
she died. So, end of that. Then we jump to something very awesome, I have to say. And I think no one will be disappointed because this was probably one of the strongest emotional building blocks we've had for the Joel and Ellie story, uh, which is, I, I like how they do this, right? A lot of people, I don't know if they're giving Last of Us that much credit. A lot of the story for The Last of Us is told through other character experiences, like Joel and Ellie experiencing something that happens to other characters kind of impacts their lives. And I kind of like how they do that. And the way that we get uh, at the end, we see Joel and Henry are just kind of hanging out. Joel invites Henry to come with them uh, to go to Tommy's because they're still heading out that way. Uh, then we see Ellie and Sam hanging out. And they're kind of just having a good time at first. Uh, then Sam has like a little notepad, which again, another nice aesthetic there where he writes in like a little pad and he kind of communicates that way. Uh, he asks Ellie, you know, why aren't you ever afraid? And of course, you know, typical Ellie in this fashion, which again, Bella Ramsey, she's kind of becoming that Ellie that I've wanted. And I think her performance really is that great. Uh, she just jokes about it and says, oh, I'm, I'm afraid of scorpions. Uh -huh. And then, then she kind of takes it back and she goes, I'm always afraid. And I thought that was just so intense for me, because especially because we have earlier just Henry and Joel talking about Joel's just kind of like shrugging it off like, oh, thank God they're kids and they can just kind of get over it and not have to worry about anything. But the reality is even kids are scared in this universe. And just because, you know, just because you're young and inexperienced doesn't mean maybe it's even scarier in some ways. Just because you can understand something doesn't mean because you can understand something like an adult it's less intense for you. And again, there's just the emotion behind that I thought was a lot. And then we get the big reveal that Sam was bitten during the course of everything. And what did you think? Why don't you explain to the audience, Adam, what was the change that they decided to make here for this episode with Ellie? Cause I thought it was very effective. Uh, where she basically reveals that she is also infected and, you know, she, she tries to heal uh, Sam with her blood uh, it's a very interesting change, uh, but I think it, you know, really ties into the innocence of children again. And it's like, you know, they think that they can do these things. That's the child. And, you know, I guess. Uh, right. Like again, innocence. Yeah. And I like how. And again, and that was the same in the game. So I'll give them some credit for that. Like Joel and Henry really aren't involved in yeah. the Ellie and Sam relationship, that interaction. They're never involved in that until the, the climax of it. And throughout mm -hmm. it, too, you've seen Ellie and Sam kind of bond together because Ellie's had no one. Sam has had no one relatively close in their age group. Like, it's kind of hard to see a lot of kids during this time period based on, you know, the evidence that we've been given, especially traveling like that. Children are probably the weaker ones you would leave behind. You know, you want a strong adult with you to survive. Mm -hmm. So even them just having a good time together is it's just kind of sad, right? Just to see what really comes of it. And, you know, he asks Sam asks Ellie to stay awake with him and she mm -hmm. says, of course. And then, you know, of course she falls asleep because, you know, you can only do so much. Uh, she wakes up and Sam attacks her and Julie go into some details for us. What are we left with? Oh, just absolute heartbreak. So, you know, Sam goes after Ellie, they crash into the next room. Um, and Joel immediately, you know, goes to turn his gun to, you know, eliminate the threat at that point. And Henry then gets the gun from Joel and he's pointing it at Joel. And then he's pointing it at, you know, um, Ellie and Sam and ultimately has to make the decision to, you know, 
And it's quick, would, right? How yeah, quick yeah. is the decision? It's like, it's literally it's like he didn't have time to think up. about it, you know? He, he, yeah, it was quick, but it didn't seem quick enough because you see Joel is in absolute agony watching Ellie struggle. That's when you really kind of see like his true, you know, maybe not, I don't know if it's love yet, but it's close to it, um, you know? So then Henry makes that choice and then, you know, he, he's grappling with the decision he's made. And Joel's saying, give me the gun back, give me the gun back. And he ultimately then turns it on himself because to live to live without your brother and to live with the knowledge that you had to do that, you know, is unbearable for some. Right. And the fact that, again, the parallels we're seeing here between Joel and Ellie and Henry and Sam, where mm -hmm. Henry did everything for Sam, you know, he, yeah. it was his reason to live. And essentially, that's kind of what Ellie's slowly becoming for Joel again, a purpose for him right. to have an existence in this such bleak world. And just Lamar Johnson's performance as Henry here he cannot go unnoticed, in my opinion. Uh, just the, the tears like welling up in his mm -hmm. eyes when he's like, "What have I? What did I do? What did, What did I do? What like the confusion, the panic, the heartbreak? Yeah. Oh my god, guys! This, about it. this is a show right here. Oh. Yeah, it even parallels Bill and Frank too, if you think about it that way. You know, they he decided to you know go out with Frank because that was his reason for living, and the same thing, you know. Theirs was a little bit more romanticized and poetic. They kind of had that choice to do that where Henry didn't have that choice. Right. You know, it's, it, again, it that different type of love and heartbreak. Maybe mm -hmm. even heartbreak is another type of you know story that's being told here because it, it is such a bleak world with not much going on for it. And, you know, these choices will have to be made at some point. And interesting enough, too, even though this was strong, I thought the ending was even stronger in a lot of ways because we have them actually digging graves and you know for henry and sam uh ellie walks away and she left sam's notepad on top of sam's grave and on the notepad you know, she writes i'm sorry and you see just joel look down at it and the most beautiful shot to date i think in the show is also in this episode where you just see like you see Ellie walking away in the background out of focus and it focuses on Joel. And then slowly you see like Ellie come into focus as he's like reading what she wrote. And one of you has to wonder like how strong that connection's like slowly building where like she's becoming more in his focus. And I thought that was very poetic. And that's a great form of storytelling where you can tell something without having to say it out loud. Cause not much dialogue is really spoken. It's really just Ellie being angry and, that's something that comes into her character, I think, too. And for fans of the games and stuff like that, a lot of the anger Ellie has, and we've seen that since the very beginning, there's a lot of anger she has to deal with. And is Joel the best person to deal with that anger? Because he has his own issues. So you have to wonder. It's just, it's a very intriguing dynamic that we're seeing here. Uh, what did you think of that, ultimately, Adam? Were you satisfied with that? that closure there? I mean, I shouldn't maybe satisfied is not the right word, but uh, <laughs> compared to the game, I have to argue that I think it's actually done better here. Yeah, I got to admit, I, I, I think it is. I, I don't um, I don't think even the game could have prepared me for, you know, all the events that uh, transpired in this episode because it just seems to have resonated that much more. Right. And it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here because they've, they've made some changes, but every change they've made other than I think Kathleen and Perry's like inclusion has been to the benefit of the show. Uh, Neil Druckmann, I'm glad to see he's open-minded to making some changes. And he said too, that, you know, he would, again, like he said, I wish I thought of Sam being deaf in the first place. Like these are changes. Sometimes when you have another writer come on, what can we do to make the story enhance that much better? What, what did you think, Julie? Did you think this was a better improvement from the video game? Like, oh. 
Absolutely. Um, the character was the character development on all that, you know, with Joel and Ellie and Sam and Henry was just so much deeper and richer, especially with Sam and Henry. Um, I just found myself being connected to them more. I found myself kind of being more annoyed with Henry in the game for some reason, but I don't know, there's just deeper connections. Um, and I like to see also, you know, throughout this episode, we saw Joel soften up quite a bit. And by the end of the episode, Ellie's starting to harden, you know. Right. You it's interesting. That. Yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. We're kind of seeing them flip-flop a little bit there. Uh, you know, when she was so open, now she's kind of closing herself off because maybe right. she is scared of what she's seeing, what she's becoming. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, this is the, the, the heartbreak. The heartbreak will change you, as they always say. Mm-hmm. But I think we're at that point, though, where we're ready to give our final scores. I'm going to give The Last of Us Episode 5, Endure and Survive. A 9.5 out of 10. Put the gun down. Slide it over to me. And then stay up here for another hour. That's all you have to do. Please don't do it. Please. I would argue this is maybe the one of the best episodes of the show uh it's maybe not as good as say episode three you know thematically and just cohesively because that episode did everything perfect uh the only thing really holding this back was the kathleen and perry side plot which we've talked about a million times now at this point but Again, even though it detracts, it doesn't take away just how fantastic this episode is. Uh, Really, from beginning to end, uh, Sam and Henry, while they were only there a short time, they were some of the best additions they had to the show. And not even that, Joel and Ellie, uh, Pedro really just brought it with his Joel. You know, we're seeing a different side of him. Uh, Bella Ramsey playing the perfect Ellie that I didn't think she would be, even from the beginning of the show. She's really impressing me. And we're just seeing such an evolution in these characters through a relatively short amount of time. And the show's doing a phenomenal job and I just can't wait to see where it goes. The last of us continues to be one of the best shows on TV right now. Adam, where do you stand with this one? All right. I'm going to give the last of us episode five, a 9.5 out of 10. I think that the uh, you know the story with uh, Kathleen and Perry, it's definitely there. The scene where they go underground, yes, uh, it is also there too. I don't think it uh, detracts from you know the quality of the episode. I mean, the performance from Sam and Henry alone it, that absolutely carries this episode to one of the best. Right, and again, this is just the the strong script writing that we have here. You know, this maybe they tried to add a few things and it didn't work necessarily, but it's not hurting the show as a detriment, at least. So that that's good to see. That makes me again optimistic for the future for sure. Julie, where do you stand? I'm gonna give The Last of Us episode five a nine point five out of ten as well. What's that comic book say? Endure and survive. Endure and survive. That shit's redundant. Yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> I really wanted to give it a 10 out of 10, but um, the storyline with Kathleen just kind of took a couple points away. But other than that, I had everything I could want in a Last of Us episode. It had action, character development. Um, it was fast paced, but slow when it needed to be. It was just an excellent episode all around. 
Right. I, again, The Last of Us, like I like I said earlier, really just continues to be a phenomenal show, even with its little slight dip ever so often there in the middle. Uh, it's really just it, it, it's not enough to deter me. And I'm really glad to see they're able to pull this off in this essentially this little two part storyline. Uh, the future is going to be interesting for The Last of Us. There's a lot of events coming and I, I really can't wait to see how they handle everything. Uh, but again, if you get a chance, really check out The Last of Us. You know, right now is a great time to jump in. I think the show's phenomenal streaming on HBO Max. Uh, Again, I just can't recommend it enough. And this one's going to tug at your heartstrings, so make sure you have some tissues by you. But thank you all so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. That guy's Adam. She's Julie. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys. Real movies. Real thoughts. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.